0: Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott.
1: You know, I got a question uh, from a podcast listener last week as to why I didn't spend more time discussing traditional, or what we call the pay-as-you-go uh, long-term care plans. These are the plans that have ongoing monthly or annual payments, and uh, this listener, she, she wanted to know if I was familiar with them, because, you know, I'll be honest, this this is a very fair question. I spend the vast majority of my time on long-term care radio talking about these newer versions of long-term care insurance which we refer to as asset-based plans. Now, they're also called hybrid plans. Some people say it's a hybrid plan, and the IRS calls them linked benefits. But the one thing is all these plans have in common is that they pay you back if you don't use them versus the traditional plans. We're just going to make those payments into the plan, and if we don't use them, there's nothing returned back to the estate. Now, over the last several decades long-term care insurance has evolved it has grown up so to speak and asset-based long-term care plans now make up the vast majority of the money that is flowing into long-term care insurance policies and that trend has been pretty steady here now for the for the the last handful of years in fact traditional pay-as-you-go plans have been decreasing in sales for the last 20 years and the insurance carriers are probably going to see less policies sold this year than they did last year because that trend just continues to, um, you know, to, to hold weight. We're, we're, we're selling less and less pay as you go traditional plans. So why is that? Why are people moving towards asset-based long-term care plans and away from traditional plans? Or to say it another way, why are traditional plans so unpopular? And is there still a place for a traditional long-term care insurance plan? Let's dive into that today. Now. I want to give you a quick history on long-term care. It started back in the 1970s, and this is long-term care insurance. The original, pa- you know, the, it, the original plans have really gone through a lot of growing pains over the years. The original plans were nursing home insurance, and the original plans varied widely in what they covered, how the coverage was paid, and how you qualified for your long-term care benefits. In fact, it, was, it, it wasn't it was uncommon for insurance companies to use what they call post-underwriting. Now, post-underwriting is not, you know, you can't do that anymore. It's not legal. But what it was, it was basically they would just offer policies to anybody that signed up for them. And then down the road, when you went to file a claim, they would then underwrite you, pull your medical record, and say, oh, I'm sorry, no, you didn't tell us that you had cancer, and so we're not going to, you know, offer you the coverage. So that was, you know, some of those kind of weird little quirks were available, because remember, we invented long-term care insurance out of thin air in the 1970s. Now, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners started getting involved in setting standards and rules to define how long-term care insurance was underwritten, how it was paid out, and what it paid for, and how you qualified. As the states adopted these new standards that the National Association of Insurance Commissioners put in place, the carriers had to adjust their policies to meet the standards. This brought a tremendous amount of uniformity to the products in the way they worked, the way they paid out, and how you qualified for your claim. Then the IRS decided that some of these premiums could be written off as a business expense. So this is very similar to health insurance. Now, this brought a flood of new insurance carriers into the long-term care insurance space because they were all trying to get a piece of that business or that what we call group insurance pie. So if you work for a larger company, you might be offered the health insurance some life insurance, maybe even some long-term care insurance. That's what they call group long-term care or group life insurance or group medical insurance. That group space is really what these carriers were trying to get a piece of because, you know, if the businesses can write them off as a tax-deductible expense, then maybe more businesses will offer them to their clients. So we got a lot of companies coming into the space to try to get a piece of that pie. Now, soon there are well over 100 companies offering the pay-as-you-go traditional long-term care insurance. I think um, we peaked out somewhere around. 120 of them, and many of them had a variety of payment options. So you could get long-term care insurance, and you could have it paid up at age 65, or you could pay it up in 10 years, or you can pay it up in 20 years. So there were a lot of different ways that you could fund these plans. There were a lot of new features and riders being added to these long-term care insurance policies, especially the turn of the century around 2000 when a lot of people were competing late 90s, early 2000s. They would put things like return of premium options on there. They had joint policies. They had paid up at death Um, if your spouse died. They had, again, multiple pay options. And they had the option to be able to add coverage down down the road, basically in the future, without having to go through the underwriting process. And this was a boon. So if you took out a policy today and you said, well, I just want $1,000 a month of basic policy, but they gave you the right to buy more insurance without going through underwriting, if your health changed, that was a big benefit. So there were a lot of options and riders, bells and whistles, so to speak, that these insurance companies were putting on their policies to try to compete with each other. And the bottom line is, you know, we peaked north of 120 companies who were selling traditional long-term care insurance, or a version of that, and today we have less than 10 companies who still offer traditional long-term care insurance plans to new customers. So the question is, what happened? The reduction of carriers and the overall shrinking of traditional plans that are being sold has been due to a combination of issues, and we're going to talk about some of these. Some were unforeseen situations, and some were just mistakes by the carriers. Let's start with some of the unforeseen events. Number one, interest rates. Remember, insurance companies are cash reserve companies. So when you write them a check, it doesn't matter if it's a homeowner's policy, a car policy, health insurance, long-term care. Those insurance companies are going out and they're buying government treasuries with the vast majority of that money. That's what they're doing. And so they look out in the future and they're saying, okay, long-term care, I'm selling it to a 50-year-old. We need to look out thirty years or forty years. What do they do? They go out and they buy those thirty-year government treasuries, and they know what that yield is. So, in the seventies and eighties, you know, you had very high, high teens um, on thirty-year treasuries. But then, what happened is those rates started going down. And when they were around eight percent, well, you're looking out saying, "Well, we're going to get eight percent for thirty years." Well, that's great. But then the next year, when you went to invest that premium that you got from the client, guess what? Now it was only seven percent, then six, five. So that decline in interest rates was a big, unforeseen event for the insurance companies. Medical advances is another one that the insurance companies are going to see. I mean, basically some of the strokes and the cancers that were killing us 30 years ago aren't killing us today. We're living through those, but we're living longer lives with maybe a less quality of life, but we're living longer. Um, increase in cognitive impairment. Alzheimer's has just blown up. We are now to the point where that is 50%. I'm sorry, over fifty percent of all the claims that are actually um triggered are triggered by a cognitive impairment. Another unforeseen event was obesity. Um this is just this is amazing folks, obesity or just the overall decline in health in the in, in the seniors out there. If we look at Americans as a whole in the sixties and seventies, you had maybe ten to you know, twelve percent give or take people were considered obese obese. Today, 2022, we're up to 43% of Americans are considered obese, and that obesity leads to all kinds of health issues, heart issues, cognitive issues, and those are the people that have joint issues and all kinds of problems, and so that pushed the claims up and things like that. So those were some of the unforeseen events. Now, let's spend a second here talking about some of the mistakes that the traditional long-term care insurance carriers made when they came out with these policies. One of the big ones that I saw when uh, you know in the late 90s and early 2000s was just a lack of underwriting guidelines. Uh, competition was really causing these insurance carriers to take some pretty risky people and put them on their books. And remember, you know, the whole idea with health underwriting is your health is what allows you to get a long-term care plan. You don't buy homeowner's insurance when your house is already on fire. And literally some of these insurance companies were writing policies where people already had one foot in the in the nursing home or in the assisted living facility. Um, A lot of unsustainable riders, cash indemnity, lifetime benefits. In fact, I had a friend that had – his mother was getting cash, which means there's just no receipts required. They're just sending you cash. And they were sending her $9,000 a month, and she had a lifetime benefit and 5% inflation rider on it. And so a lot of those kind of things that were put out there – because, again, the insurance companies just didn't think – The people would be using them at the rate that they did. That was a false assumption. That was a big mistake they made, lapse rates being higher. They thought more people would pay into these policies for a while and then let them lapse. That didn't come to fruition. So, again, some false assumptions that the insurance companies made without having the data. And then also a big mistake they made was lack of proper staffing. Um, so when claims started coming in, a lot of companies didn't even have the support to help those, those, those people when they needed them. And so this was kind of a mess and and oversight on the insurance carriers. So in a nutshell, carriers are earning less on their cash reserves. They're spending more on their claims than they anticipated. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Many of the carriers made a business decision that single handedly would affect traditional pay as you go plans in a negative way for the foreseeable future. What is it? Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to squeeze in a quick break, but stick around. I'll tell you what that is when we get back. New asset-based programs protect
0: your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. For many of us, the best part of the holidays
2: is being surrounded by the people we care about the most. This year, I encourage you, take a moment, think about those people sitting across the table from you. What would happen to them if your health was ever compromised to the point of needing ongoing assistance? Nearly half of Americans in long-term care situations rely on family members for a 100% of their care. This means the people you care about the most could end up putting their lives and dreams on hold to be your caregiver. But that doesn't have to happen. Having a long-term care plan helps make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need lifting that burden from your loved ones. It's one of the best gifts you can give them. Brian Ott at 525 Advisors is simply the best. When it comes to long-term care planning, he'll teach you all your options. He'll help you set up a plan like my wife and I did. It protects our family and will pay our estate back if we never use it. Sign up for one of their upcoming live webinars. Learn how you can protect everything you've worked for and the people you love the most. Sign up at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.
3: Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough. But Crazy Financial Times also creates smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into three dollars of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage look into this opportunity now from 525 advisors when that gives you a secure return go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar that's 525longtermcare.com
0: This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com.
1: And welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. You know, usually I'm telling you about an upcoming class, but uh, I do not have any classes. We just finished up our last class for the year on the 15th, and then we're going to roll into next year. And I've just got to sit down with my uh, production team and my marketing guys and and figure out when we're going to do those live webinars. But we will get those up on the uh, calendar on our website here pretty soon. We will have at least two of them in January. If you just tuned in, um, I got a question from a listener saying, hey, how come you're not talking about these traditional pay-as-you-go plans? You spend all your time on asset-based plans. I thought, you know, fair enough. I'm going to spend some time talking about traditional, and what we're talking about in a nutshell is that you know the sales for traditional plants have really gone down, and various reasons out there. And if you just you know tuned in at the last segment, you heard there was a decision that was made on by these carriers that really affected the the, the foreseeable future for these traditional plants. And I was just telling you, I give you a short history and a background on traditional plans in the first segment. But the decision that the carriers made that affected everybody is still having a major effect on people that had policies in place, and it's going to continue this way moving forward. What was that decision? The decision was to get out of the business. In other words, stop selling long-term care insurance to new clients. Again, we've gone from 120 companies to less than 10 companies that sell these traditional pay-as-you-go plans. So let's think about this for a second. What happens when a company stops selling long-term care insurance? They've been selling it for five years, ten years, whatever it is, and then they decide we're not going to sell any more of it. Well, first off, the people who have an existing policy or a contract with the company still have a valid policy they're not going to lose that you know it's like if you bought a ford focus and then the next year you hear that ford has decided that they're not going to make any more cars they're just going to focus on sport utilities and trucks that doesn't mean that you're going to lose your ford focus right and so long-term care insurance works the same way but it puts those people who have a contract with the company in a very tough situation and let me explain what i mean here I want you to think about a funnel. I want you to just picture a funnel, a big opening at the top, you know, slanted walls that come down to a much smaller opening at the bottom, right? We've all seen a funnel. We've all probably used one. So I want you to picture that funnel. When you purchase a long-term care insurance policy, a traditional long-term care insurance policy, you're being placed in that company's funnel, so to speak. Clients in the funnel pay premiums. Clients who fall out of the bottom, you know, that little hole at the bottom of the funnel, the clients that fall out of that are the people that are going on claim, and they're going to stop receiving benefits. And they're going to, I mean, they're going to start receiving benefits, they're going to stop paying in for the the, the premiums. And so this is called a waiver premium, and this is a key point. So if you think about this funnel, a healthy business would be trying to drop more and more clients in the top of that funnel as people are falling out the bottom. And they might even be trying to grow the funnel bigger so they can get more and more clients in there. It's like Social Security. We want all those workers paying in so they can take that money and turn around and give it out to the people that have reached retirement age and are are receiving that Social Security. But here's the catch when a company decides to stop selling long-term care insurance, they essentially put a piece of saran wrapper. they put a cover over the top of that funnel, meaning they are no longer adding new clients to the funnel who are paying premiums each year to the insurance company. So what happens? Even though they put a cover over the top of the funnel, clients are still falling out the hole in the bottom of the funnel and going on claim. And again, when you go on claim, you stop paying premiums. So what happens, this increases their cost. While at the same time, their revenues are shrinking, pretty soon there is not enough clients in the funnel to cover the costs that they are paying, so they're not adding new clients, and so what do they do? You guessed it. They raise the premiums on the policyholders who are in the funnel, so to speak, the people that are still paying the premiums, and this is one of the biggest downsides of traditional long-term care insurance. I mean, we get calls every single week from somebody that's got a rate increase on an old traditional policy. Carriers are raising rates on the plans. Now they can't raise your plan individually. They can't, you know, say, "Hey Brian, your your premiums are going up. We we decide to raise your premiums," but they raise them as a group or a you know, a book, and that's the same way that health insurance works. Well. Guess what? Those groups are pretty much all the 65 years all the 70-years-old, all the 80-years-old, and they can be broken down into groups in, in in Washington State or Pennsylvania or Colorado. It doesn't matter. So it's a group of business, and they go to the insurance commissioners, and they raise the rates on everybody in that group. So – as they raise these rates, they, you know what happens is, you're, 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 again, remember, you fall out of that funnel. You're not paying, so you don't care. But if you're still in there and you're, you're 60 years old and you've got a long ways to go and your rates just went up, that means you have to pay those higher rates to continue to keep your policy. And boy, I will tell you, the insurance companies raised rates. In 2015, there were still four companies left that Denver raised rates. That's gone. Everybody's raised rates now on their existing clients. In fact, this cycle got so out of hand that the National Association of Insurance Commissioners stepped in to get the pricing increase under control. They started with what we call a contingent benefit offer. This is mandated by the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. Now it was in the early 2000s, and basically what they said is if you, the insurance company, if the insurance company increases your rates past a certain level, you have the option to quit paying premiums and get a contingent benefit, or what they call a shortened benefit. Essentially, your new benefit will be capped at the total premiums you paid in. So that price increase was 200% for someone under 29 years old, down to a 10% increase for someone over age 90. So like a 65-year-old, for instance, if the, they took out a policy and that company raised their rates by 50%, they would be offered that contingent benefit. The key is you don't get your money back when you get a contingent benefit. What you do is the insurance company simply says, if you do file for a long-term care claim, we're going to give you the money that you paid into us back at the same monthly limit. So if you had $6,000 a month and you paid $60,000 in premiums, you would have 10 months of long-term care. That's it. So at the best case scenario, it's a free loan to the insurance company because, again, they're holding your money and they're only going to give it back to you if you file a claim. And at the worst-case scenario, you just walked away from all your premiums. So that's how the contingent benefit worked. The next thing the NAIC did was pass a Rate Stabilization Act in 2012, which 41 states have adopted. Now, it replaced the initial loss ratio requirements with actuarial actuarial certification so what does that fancy language mean in a nutshell rate increases had to be justified by actuarial data supporting actual loss And those premium increases had to go to pay claims. So what they found were many carriers were going to the insurance commissioners claiming they needed to raise rates because their expenses were too high. And what they were looking at is those expenses were going to cover things like building and expanding business and buying new hardware, computers, or whatever it was. And so they said, no, 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 no. Now, rate increases on existing clients had to go to pay claims, period. So, continued rate increases are, without question, the biggest and the most prominent issue and the most prominent reason why traditional long-term care insurance has withered away to a fraction of what it used to be, both in the number of companies that offer it and both in the appeal um, to, to the consumers who are looking at these policies, because everybody knows somebody else and they said, gosh, their policy went up. And think about this. You know, how, Think about when you go out and you make a major uh, purchase, like a car. We understand that you can't buy a car in 2022 for the same price you got that car in 2015. We get that. But imagine that you went out and you bought a car, and then a couple years later, the dealer called you up and said, hey, uh, they raised the price of the car, so you owe us a little bit more money. I mean, that seems absurd, but that's what people are feeling like on these traditional long-term care insurance policies. And now that the consumer is is feeling this pinch and we've got inflation and we're starting to see these rate increases go up, they just don't think it's fair. But here's what is so sinister about this rate increase on long-term care insurance. You just can't go out and get another plan. You get that rate increase. It's like your homeowner's insurance. You say, well, let's go shopping for homeowner's insurance and we'll find somebody else. But most people aren't going to qualify you know a lot of or i should say a lot of them aren't going to qualify to go out and get a new plan because they're older and maybe their health has changed but also just the pure fact that they are older means that the cost of the insurance is going to be more the whole idea of getting long term care insurance is to lock in those rates when you're young and get you know get that that value proposition so to speak right get value for your money and you pay into a plan for 10 15 or 20 years or more and then you get priced out well, think about it. That's just a horrible situation. And I'll tell you, this is going on with my mom right now. She just got a rate increase with, with from Mass Mutual, And, you know, I don't pick on companies. I'm just saying I had a policy with Mass MassMutual. Um, I had one for my mom, and guess what? They're raising her rates 27% this year, 27% next year, and 27% the third year. So that's going to basically double her premium from where it is today. And that's really hard. My mom's 78, and she's been paying into this plan for a long time. So... Is there still a place for traditional long-term care? Yes. Why don't I talk about it? Well, we just went through a lot of the reasons. I don't like selling traditional policies to people if I have to worry about those rates going up. And the companies will tell us, you know, the advisors, and they'll tell the clients, well, we don't plan on raising any rates, this, that, and the other thing, but then guess what's happened? You know, the proof is in the pudding. Every single carrier that has a traditional company has raised rates on their clients. Technically, there's one that that hasn't, but it's it's a loophole. It's a fraternal organization. They don't sell their policies to the general public anyway. But as a general rule, anything that you can go out and buy with any company, they've all had to raise their rates on their clients. But is there a place for long-term care insurance, the traditional pay-as-you-go? Yes. Rates have stabilized. They've raised the rates on the new policies. They've made it harder for these companies to raise rates. And remember, the price you're paying today for that long-term care insurance is a lot higher than that same policy would have cost 10 years ago. So they've already built that in. Um, They do qualify for the state partnership program. So, again, it allows you to protect assets from Medicaid spend down rules. But, again, this is geared for somebody that has a much smaller estate. And a lot of times those are the people that making those annual premium payments is really difficult. So that's always been kind of an issue for us. Um, They're good for people who have guaranteed income like pensions and maybe smaller savings. So a lot of people will have pensions and Social Security but they don't have a big nest egg. They don't have a big 401k. Well, sometimes that's where a traditional plan really works because we don't have a chunk of money or the ability to make large payments over, say, 10 years. It's better just to spread those payments out and go over time like that. The downside to it, well, there's strict underwriting on these traditional plans, and if you don't use your plan, you just walk away from the money you put in. So that's still very common. Hey, I need to take a quick break for the news, but stick around when we come back. I'm going to introduce you to Tanya. And I'm going to show you how and why we did set up a traditional long-term care plan for. We'll be right back.
0: Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian on, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors.
1: All right, and thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. So if you just joined us, I've been kind of going on. I mean, it's, boy, I listened to the show. I'm going to go back and listen to it. I'm going to think, boy, that was all negative. But, I just really wanted to explain why um, the traditional market has shrunk the way it has. And without question, the number one reason has been rate increases, because people that are on a budget, and they bought these plans 20 years ago, and now they're seeing rates go up you know, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a year, it can be very difficult for these people. And they don't have a lot of choices. They might get the contingent benefit, but that's just to simply... You know, if you do go on claim, you get the money that you put in back. That's not really getting anything, right? You'd be better off just keeping your money in the bank at that point and getting at least the interest on it. So it's really put us in a tough position. But that being said, I don't want to totally scare off people who are looking at long-term care insurance or not in a position to set up an asset-based plan because we still do quite a bit of traditional business. And this week I want to introduce you to Tanya who is 65. She's single. She's retired. She has two adult sons and she has two grandchildren. And she came to us looking for some long-term care. And her concerns were, number one, She worried about long-term care eating up her nest egg, you know, eating up her savings. She does not want her sons to have to deal with her. She does not want to be a ward of the state, and she doesn't want to end up on Medicaid. So in, in one of the other concerns she had, she said, look, I don't want to lose my house. I'd like to be able to at least leave my house to my boys if I can do that. That was just her concerns. And what we found out about Tanya we started the process with her. I mean, she was in good health, which is key because, again, these traditional plans have stricter underwriting. She has pension income, and she has Social Security income. Now, this income alone is what she can live on. She's, she's totally fine. She owns a small house. She does not have a mortgage on it. And so that pension and Social Security income, not only is she able to live on that, she's apt actually able to save a little bit of that money, which is key. So she doesn't have to dip into her little retirement account. We're going to use that retirement account for, you know, major things, vacations, or if I need to replace a roof on my house or buy a new car or something like that. She wants to age in her home for as long as possible, but she also understands, you know, as a single person, that might not make sense. And so she said, I might move to an assisted living facility or some kind of community, but I'd like to be able to stay in my house for as long as I can. Um, What she really wanted from a long-term care insurance plan, she just was looking at the math. She was just doing the numbers, and she said, I'd like a little bit of cushion. So if I need care, I have my income, I have my Social Security, I have my pension, I would just like a little cushion to help me pay for some costs so that I don't have to drain my retirement account. That's really what she was counting on. Um, she also wanted someone to really kind of help her. She's heard us talking about the concierge claims support, and I do have that available on asset-based plans, and we do have that on, on a traditional plan. We've got a great traditional company that's been around for, you know, 100-plus years that offers a fantastic claims um, situation that we've worked with multiple times. So that's something that she wanted is just somebody there to help guide her and her family so, again, that if she's incapacitated that her kids don't have to try to figure that out. Um, and again she just in the big picture what she just said is I'm not looking for a plan that's going to pay for everything I just want a cushion that can protect a little bit of my nest egg. So Tanya was in a very unique situation. She had good steady predictable income that covered her living expenses. Her only liquid funds were in a retirement account which was pretty small and what she kept in her checking and savings, a little little, you know, cushion there. These accounts would cover major costs, you know, like house repairs, like again, you know, or something like that, or, or health issues. That's what really she was planning on. Her retirement account, she can leave it alone. She's only 65. She does not have to take any withdrawals on that until she's 72. So hopefully that will still grow. However, if something happens to her health and she ends up in a long term care situation, she would pretty much tap through her savings and that retirement account pretty quickly, you know, in in a matter of a few years. And she might end up being forced to sell that house, or if she ends up on Medicaid, there would be a lien on the house. So that's kind of where we were at with her. If we tried to do an asset-based plan with her, we would have ended up taking too much of her savings. So again, what we're looking at is like, how much money do you have? Can you put 25 or 30% of that into an asset-based plan? That might make sense. But when we start looking at taking 50% or 60% or more of someone's savings to move over to an insurance plan, that's usually not a suitable situation. And so asset-based plans just really didn't make sense for her. She was income heavy. She had good, predictable income, but her assets, it was a smaller part of her, her net worth. So those were the kind of issues that we had to face. Um, So what we decided to do is I said, let's look at this from a budget issue. So Tanya had a budget. She said, I'm comfortable with $400 a month. Can I get a plan for $400 a month? Because at $400 a month, I'm not dipping into my savings. I'm not dipping into my retirement account. I still have a little bit of cushion on top of that every month, and I'm covering all my bills. So I would feel comfortable with a budget of $400. And I said, absolutely, we can work backwards, and we can do that. So that's what we did. We designed a plan to fit within her budget, which, again, was $400 a month. So what did Tanya get for that? She got an immediate benefit of $150,000. So, again, I want you to think about long-term care insurance as that bucket of money. Inside her bucket today, she gave us a check for $400 this month or $4,800 for the year. She's going to get $150,000 of long-term care insurance today. She can pull $4,000 a month out of that plan to pay for care. And so when you do the math on that, you know, that's about 37.5 months if she pulled out the maximum benefit And so that coverage is going to last her just a little bit over three years. Now, her plan also has a 3% inflation rider. So what that means is today she has $150,000. 24 years down the road, she's going to have a little over $300,000 in her bucket. 24 years down the road, she's going to be able to pull out over $8,000 a month of benefit. So both that monthly benefit and the total amount of coverage that you have grows when you put an inflation rider on it. Again, you've heard me say it before. I don't like the name of it, but that's what they call it. They call it an inflation rider because the idea is like your long-term care benefit today is going to try to keep up with inflation. Really, it's just a compounding factor. You just say, I want my benefits to grow by 3% every year. I want my benefits to grow by 5% every year. You decide that. So she's got the inflation rider on that. What's unique about this plan is she also has a 25% cash benefit. So she takes out the plan today. She gets hit by the bus tomorrow. She's on claim. She can get $4,000 a month. Well, the insurance company also says, well, guess what? If you don't need all $4,000, you can have 25% of that benefit as a cash benefit, and we don't need receipts. We don't need anything. We'll just start sending that money to you. And that 25% is going to grow over time as well, too. So when her benefit is $6,000 a month, she would be able to pull out 1500 in cash. If her benefit was $8,000 a month, she'd be able to pull out $2,000 a month in cash. So the idea that is like, okay, I need some help, maybe temporary situation, or I'm just going to hire somebody from the neighborhood because I don't need my full benefit. I can use that cash benefit, and the rest of the money just stays in her bucket and continues to grow at that 3%. So that's what's really nice about that. This plan is also going to qualify Tanya for the state partnership program. So, again, I don't like to spend a lot of time on this, but in a nutshell, the state partnership is rewarding people for getting long-term care insurance. And simply what they say is that, look, you don't have insurance, you're going to spend all your money and you're going to end up on Medicaid. Okay? So, that's, that's a liability to the government, to the states and the federal government pay for Medicaid. And they make you spend all your money down to $2,000, your liquid assets, and they put a lien on your house if they pay Medicaid and they take your pension and they take your Social Security. That's the way Medicaid works. But if you had long-term care insurance and you had that bucket of money and you exhausted that, Medicaid's going to allow you to protect an equal amount of assets dollar for dollar and still get help from Medicaid. So in Tanya's example, let's just go out there and say 24 years down the road. Her $150,000 is now $300,000. If she spends all of that money on long-term care and she still needs help and she's exhausted her long-term care insurance benefits – she can apply for Medicaid, and Medicaid's going to come in and say, okay, you got to spend your assets down to $2,000. Oh, wait a second. You actually had long-term care insurance. So you get $2,000 plus, and they pull open, and they look at the 1099 LTCRs, and all that data is provided to, to you and to the state. And they say, oh, the insurance company paid out $300,000 in long-term care benefits. Tanya, you get to keep $302,000 of assets, and you can still apply for Medicaid. And that can be assets that can be value in your house. It can be your retirement account. It can be anything. So that's what's nice about those state partnership programs. So it gives you a little bit of peace of mind knowing that, you know, Tanya's not going to die broke on Medicaid. Even if she uses all of her long-term care insurance and she ends up on Medicaid, she can still protect $300,000 of assets. And when she passes away, the state does not come back in and try to recapture those protected assets. That's a key thing to know. Because, right, if you're just a single person like Tanya right now, she ended up on Medicaid. She had no insurance. She would spend through her assets. They would put a lien on her house. And when she died, they would go in and try to recapture the money that they paid out out of that lien out of that house. Well, she can protect equity in the house with that, that long-term care plan, or she can protect her retirement account. So this is how we kind of designed this because, quite frankly, that $300,000 is going to be pretty close to, or maybe even a little bit more, than her entire IRA benefits, um, you know, 25 years down the road. So she's going to have, the, you know, the comfort of knowing that her nest egg is protected, that she will not die broke. So she also has a concierge claim support, which means when we call to set up that plan, we're going to get somebody assigned to her. And that way her kids. Um, We'll be able to contact that one person and make sure that mom's getting the care that she deserves and the care that she needs, and they're going to have good claim support there. So, again, just a really, really nice, um, simple program. Now, she's going to pay $4,800 a year for this, and so you got to look at this, and you say, well, let's just round that up. So 21 years down the road, she's got $100,000 paid into that plan. Well, how much insurance does she have? She has $270,000 of insurance 20 years down the road, and she has $7,200 a month in benefit. So it's still pretty close to that three-to-one leverage, right? You're, you're, you're getting a dollar of care for $0.33. Cents. The difference is on this asset-based plan, if or if it was an asset-based plan, she didn't use it. She'd get her money back. But on traditional pay-as-you-go plans... You don't get anything back if you don't use them, and it's just, it's just pure insurance. It's like our homeowner's insurance or car insurance, but what she's not having to do is come up with a large payment. She just has to be willing to budget and write that check for $4,800 every year, and then as long as she does that, she'll keep that plan in force. So I've got to uh, sneak in my final break here, so let me do that real quick, but when we come back, I want to go back to the problems with traditional long-term care insurance, And I want to talk to you about the consumer's responsibility. We talked about the insurance companies where they messed up. Let's talk about what the consumers did to make this thing just a a big mess that it is. We'll be right back.
0: Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes. Guarantee the quality of your care and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525LongTermCare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525LongTermCare.com.
2: Hey, Story Monson with Bill, a client of Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Why did you decide to even look into the long-term
1: care? Well, I think the expenses, when you start getting older, and I wanted to not lose everything, protect my assets. And so I didn't have any long-term coverage. And I chose the asset-based plan, which you know had a lot of benefits that, that I thought worked for me.
2: Tell me about your first meeting with Brian, how he explained your long-term care options.
1: Well, I thought Brian and Madeline were great. A lot of follow-up very clear in the way that he answered all my questions. And I thought it was as transparent as I have an experience as I had. And he was right there the whole way, you know, being patient, helping me out. I felt that he was working with me instead of working for himself.
2: Sign up for one of their upcoming live webinars. Learn how you can protect everything you've worked for and the people you love the most. He'll teach you all your options. He'll help you set up a plan like my wife and I did. It protects our family and will pay our estate back if we never use it. Sign up at 525longtermcare.com. That's
0: 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors.
1: All right, and we're back, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and sticking with us if you've been through the whole show. If you missed part of this show, um, again, the podcasts are available. Just jump on our website or ask your smart speaker to play them. And, um, you know, this was, again, this whole show was, was motivated by a question I got from a listener asking me why I don't talk more about traditional plants. And so I want you to understand that I do um, I do respond to that. When you, when you guys contact us and let us know, You know, we've had several. We've had people asking us about veterans and all kinds of things. And so the whole idea of long-term care radio is an educational resource, right? I want you to learn and be comfortable. So many people just don't understand their options. They don't understand what long-term care is. They don't understand how it works because, again, it's not a fun thing to think about. So I really appreciate this question this week from the listener, and hopefully you, this will give Give you a little background on traditional plans. You know, and the bottom line is. Really what they've done is they've gone from you know one hundred and twenty companies, which I mean think about that that's a lot of companies selling long term care insurance down to less than ten, which is actually really good because the companies that are selling these traditional plans now are some top notch companies out there there's some captive agents companies that only sell directly through their own uh, agents, but then there's still a handful of companies that sell independently to all consumers, and so there are still some places where we need to look at those traditional plans, and almost all of our clients. You know, we'll look at those. We'll say, here's what your option is. And I think next week, I'm probably going to try to expand this a little bit more and compare some more traditional plans with options of asset-based plans so you can kind of see what I mean. But here's uh, what we you're talking about, You know, the demise of the traditional long-term care market. The numbers are shrinking. They're selling less of these policies. And we talked about some of the mistakes that the carriers made. But remember this um, there there's an old saying here when when you're looking in the mirror in your or, or if you're pointing your finger at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So what I want to do here is I want to talk a little bit about really what's going on with the rate increases, what the consumer's role in this was because there was a big you know a, a big part of this was based on consumer behavior now again. All of the companies that sold traditional policies except for one fraternal company have raised rates on their existing clients. The idea now moving forward with the Rate Stability Act is that if you buy a plan today, the the, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners say there's probably about a ninety percent chance you will not see a rate increase because they're already pricing, you know, they, they they've raised the price, right? They raised the price on the new models. But that being said, they're still not guaranteed. So they they could. You know, if we go back down to zero interest rates and people start living to be 120 and there's all these other issues out there, who knows? We just don't know. So that's the one downside with traditional is the pricing is not guaranteed. But let's go back in and let's talk a little bit about what happened with the consumers and why they had a role in where we're at today with these increasing rates on long-term care insurance. So number one. Why do we buy things? I have, for instance, I have a 1997 Land Rover Discovery. And I was 26 years old when those Land Rovers came out. And I was in Colorado. I was staying at my parents' house. I had just moved out of Chicago. And I'm reading this four-wheel drive magazine. I'm seeing this review on this Land Rover Discovery. I started doing the research. I said, I want one of those. And I ended up getting one of those. It was three years later. I was 29 years old, and I finally bought this 1997 Land Rover Discovery SD. I mean, it was the base model, but I got it. I still have that car today. I still, the original owner, I still have it. I've got less than 100,000 miles on it. It's taken me places where I've just been blown away because it's just showroom stock off the floor. And so I went out and bought that. But why did I buy that? I didn't buy it based on price alone. I could have bought a Ford Explorer. I could have bought, you know, a lot of vehicles a lot less expensive. It was a combination of things. And what people did when they were shopping for long-term care insurance is they did just the opposite. They simply looked at it based on price. They shopped on price alone. So we had this software that would go out there and you could just list it out you could list I still have access to that software you can list out six companies side by side and you can say I want I want $200 a day of benefit for 3 years and I want a 3% inflation rider here's my age here's my health status and you plug that into the software and it would spit out these six different companies and down at the bottom it would tell you here's your premium $38.29. 39 42 and it just listed out all the prices well guess what a lot of people did they just looked at the one and said oh well there's one there for thirty let's go with that one and they that's why they bought them and they didn't really look at the company themselves how long has the company been selling long-term care insurance is the company a mutual company is it a for-profit company and i will just tell you folks this is key a mutual company means you own the the, the company. The, the company is there for the, the, the mutual benefit of its clients. They're not making profits and spitting them out to shareholders like Wall Street. They're paying dividends back to their clients. And any of you that were with State Farm the last you know 30 years, you remember, you used to get these little dividend checks back for your homeowner's insurance, or here's $13 back for your car. That was excess revenue that the company had, and they didn't have to pay it out to Wall Street. They paid it back to their consumers. Then State Farm went out and they hired Aaron Rodgers to start doing all these commercials. And I have watched those dividend checks just disappear, right? So in a nutshell, dividends are paid back. And so a mutual company or the company's ironically been the most stable and they've had the least rate increases because for obvious reasons, they're not pulling out profits to try to give to Wall Street. So people didn't even question that. And a lot of advisors didn't question that. And a lot of advisors didn't know that. So based on shopping on price was one big mistake the consumers made. Number two, a lot of people would purchase facility-only policies because they were way cheaper, right? If I'm going to pay $3,200 for this full-blown Cadillac policy over here, well, I can get this facility policy for 1300 Ah, honey, that's good enough. Let's just do that. Well, what does that mean? That means that you can't get care in home. You can't get care in most assisted living facilities or adult family homes because those facility policies were designed and written for skilled nursing, or what they call nursing home. You see that all the time with life insurance and annuities today. They have nursing home riders. Well, if you do end up in a nursing home, we'll allow you to do such and such. Well, you don't move into a nursing home. You get put there. So that was a common mistake that the consumers made. They didn't research the, the, did zero research on the history of the company. And basically, a lot of clients went out there and they purchased plans that were sold to them. And I mean that. They were sold to them. They didn't go out and do any research. They probably spent more time planning their vacation or the mill that they were going to have on their vacation than they did actually researching the long-term care insurance. So a lot of people end up just getting sold really bad policies. It's like, oh, well, my neighbor's nephew has a license, so I guess I should get a plan from him. And he came out, and he sold XYZ company, and he didn't know about any of the other you know policies that are out there. Now, folks, that still goes on today. I I will kid you not. I go all over the country. I speak at a lot of these advisor forums, and I'll be in these training things, and people will start asking me questions. They don't even understand some of the basics, like... When we talk about using IRA money in a lump sum to spread out the taxes, they don't understand that this carrier does this, or why this is a cash indemnity, or why cash indemnity has a downside, because what's a Form 8853? There's a lot of advisors that don't know that, because they dabble in this. And so a lot of people ended up running into people like that, and they just bought a policy because, well yeah i I guess this is okay, and they just didn't really do the research, so what ended up happening is people started you know a lot of the consumers just didn't think number one long term care was all that important. We're not going to put a lot of thought into that. well, it might be something good to have i mean they're marketing it at work, and I've hear a lot of people talking about it well i'll I'll do twenty five dollars a month and they didn't they had unrealistic Uh, Expectations of what that long-term care insurance policy could provide for them or why they needed it or why it was important. So the consumer is knee-deep in the responsibility for where we're at today. And we still, I mean, I honestly, folks, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you for your interest. Pat yourself on the back because we still get people that just will call us up. And I know they're not my podcast listeners, but people will call me up and say, can you send me a quote? It's like, no, I, I, I can't. Well, why not? I just need a quote for long-term care insurance. I'm like, uh, I, I, I don't know anything about you. I don't know what benefits you want. I don't know anything else. Well, just send me a, a variety of them. Well, how about you just tell me how much money you want to spend a month, and I'll, I'll work something back from there. Well, it depends on what I'm going to get for. I mean, they just they're just clueless. And when I say quote, those are the people that I don't care if it's $25 a month or it's $3,000 a month. It, it's going to be too expensive. They're not looking at the benefit. I could offer somebody, you know, a million dollars a year for life with 5% compound inflation as a benefit and quote them 30 bucks. And if they really don't want long-term care insurance and they don't understand it, they're going to think that's too expensive. So the consumer had a big role in this because they just didn't want to sit down and have a meaningful discussion and they didn't want to talk about this. So the bottom line is we're getting ready to wrap up here. Long-term care, there's asset based and there's traditional. Traditional still plays a big role out there. It is still a viable product. There are still some really good A-plus companies, mutual companies that we work with on those traditional situations. But the, the momentum is definitely going to these asset-based plans because the asset-based plans just offer more features and more benefits and it's like me buying my Land Rover. I could have bought a cheaper version But guess what? It had some benefits and some options and some things that I found valuable, so that's why I got it. And that's why people are switching over to these asset-based plans. It's not because a traditional plan might not be cheaper. It could be, but it might not be. If you you pay into it for 40 years and never use it, it's going to be the most expensive insurance you've ever had. So bottom line for us, right now we've got fewer carriers offering More options than ever. So we have the traditional, we have the asset base, we have more choices than ever. And that's really good. And what are we looking at in the future? Well, I will tell you, I think the traditional market is going to continue to get squeezed. Because again, as we're living longer and people are using more of these claims, it's making it harder and harder for these insurance companies to figure this out because they're not bringing in enough new clients. Hey, I'm going to get to work. Thanks for your interest. Thanks for spending an hour with me. I've got to uh, go put another show together for next week. So I will see you then. Thanks so much.
0: You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.
2: For many of us, the best part of the holidays is being surrounded by the people we care about the most. This year, I encourage you, take a moment, think about those people sitting across the table from you. What would happen to them if your health was ever compromised to the point of needing ongoing assistance? Nearly half of Americans in long-term care situations rely on family members for 100% of their care. This means the people you care about the most could end up putting their lives and dreams on hold to be your caregiver. But that doesn't have to happen. Having a long-term care plan helps to make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need lifting that burden from your loved ones. It's one of the best gifts you can give them. Brian Ott at 525 Advisors is simply the best. When it comes to long-term care planning, he'll teach you all your options. He'll help you set up a plan like my wife and I did. It protects our family and will pay our estate back if we never use it. Sign up for one of their upcoming live webinars. Learn how you can protect everything you've worked for and the people you love the most. Sign up at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.